Well, good morning. It's a privilege to be here with you this morning, and thank you for joining us for worship. Uh, raise your hand if you or someone you know so far, either in the end of December or this year, has said something along the lines of, this year has to be better than last year. Has anybody said that? Yep. I think most of us probably feel that way and probably felt that way last year and the year before and everything like that. But uh, it's that time of year, you know, where we do a lot of reflecting and things like that. And early in, uh, in December, I was doing just that. I was reflecting on the year that had been and, and looking ahead a little bit. And I do this every year, and it always discourages me because I'm just not that organized to plan that far into the future, so I never really do any planning of any significance. Uh, my wife's the exact opposite. She's at home with the vision board all spread out on the dining room table and all these different notebooks and planners, and uh, I'm just sitting at my desk at work going, hmm, that was an interesting year. Let's keep going. Uh, that's, that's how I handle these things. But I was, I was praying, you know, and just asking God for, for guidance and everything like that, and um, this phrase, this simple phrase just kept coming to mind. And it was just, just say yes to Jesus. It kept pop, popping in my mind and on my heart, just say yes to Jesus. And, and you know, it's, it's a simple phrase. You hear it here a lot. We say it all the time. And, you know, next Sunday, uh, we're kicking off again our, our sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount. We did part of it in the fall. We're, we're doing part two starting next week. And uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is all about teaching what it is to live as a follower of Christ on earth as it is in heaven. It's, it's Jesus saying, this is what it, I want it to look like when you say yes to me. And as I thought about that and thought about that phrase, you know, it's language that you hear at cross, you hear us use at Crosswinds all the time. We are committed to every Sunday... Uh, closing out our service with an invitation to say yes to Jesus. If you come here regularly, maybe you're tired of hearing it. Um, and when you're tired of hearing it, we know we've just started saying it enough. Um, but we always say, say yes to Jesus. And we have a yes box. We know it's a big deal to say yes to Jesus. And we want to make sure we make a big deal of it. But it occurred to me that no matter what has happened in 2020, 20, or 20, I can't even say it, 2021, or what's coming in 2022, uh, none of it matters if we're not saying yes to Jesus. The most important thing that any of us can do, whether you're a planner or just go with the flow type of person, is say yes to Jesus. It's the most important thing. And so what I want to do as we get ready to head into the next week's sermon series and, and we're doing all that New Year planning and stuff is unpack a little bit what we mean, what it means to say yes to Jesus. And look at who it is that we're saying yes to. So when we say yes to Jesus here, when we're saying say yes to Jesus first, we mean say yes to him the first time. Say yes to Jesus the first time. What, what saying yes to Jesus the first time is, is accepting him as Savior. Saying yes to Jesus the first time is saying, Lord, I've tried to go through life without you and I can't. I need you in my life. It's inviting Jesus to become our Savior. I remember when I said yes to Jesus for the first time, you know, I didn't, I didn't grow up in church at all, and it wasn't until I was 19 and had kind of hit rock bottom in life that I started to check out church. I had a good friend named Matt who went to church and had invited me a couple times, and there was this girl I had a huge crush on that went to the same church, and so I decided to check it out and see what it was all about. And uh, it was a, a few months after that, that that girl who had become my girlfriend, who just so you know is now my wife, um, she, she invited me to what was called a revival service. 
And I, at this point, I hadn't accepted Christ. I was still confused about a lot of things and still in a pretty dark place in my life. But she said, come to this revival service. Now, this is down south, south of the Mason-Dixon line. I'd never been to anything like this, and I've never been to anything like it since. I'm not sure how it would go over here <laughs> if we did something like this. You know, we, we plan our services here. We're very uh, mindful of time, and so we, we try to, you know, keep our services like an hour, hour and ten minutes. Uh, one of these revival services was three hours long. Um, you know, when we get to preach, we, we try and keep it about 30 minutes or so. In fact, we have a countdown clock back there so we know if we're getting too long because we know that we'll start losing you and you'll want to get up and leave if we're up here for too long. Uh, but they would, for this revival service, this church uh, brought in a, a band, a, a southern gospel band to, to play music and then a special guest speaker. And this guy spoke for like 60, 70 minutes. And it was a Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. It was crazy. I didn't know any of that when I agreed to this invitation to this revival service, um, but I went. And that first night when that speaker gets up, the guy was named Randy. He, uh, it sounds cliche, but as I sat there, it was as if he was looking at me and speaking directly to me the entire time. And I remember thinking to myself, because I'd never experienced anything like this, how does he know? How does he know that that's what I'm going through? How does he know that's what I'm looking for? How is this happening? And at the end of that service, there was a, an altar call invitation, come accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and go to the altar. That first night, that Monday night, I didn't go. Um, I stayed in my seat, weirded out by the whole experience, but I stayed in my seat. I went back again Tuesday night, surprised my girlfriend and showed up again uh, Tuesday night. Same thing happened again. It was as if the guy was speaking right to me the whole time. Altar call, I didn't go. Wednesday night, altar call came around and I couldn't help but go forward. I just, I fell at the altar. I remember uh, just the experience I had inviting Christ into my heart as my Savior. You know, Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. He says, come to me, my, my burden is light and I will take this, this burden off of you. I knew what that meant at that moment because I literally felt this weight being lifted off my life when I first said yes to Jesus. And I get up and I felt all these people around me. And I turn around, there's like 30, 40 people gathered around me at this altar. And they had all been praying for me all this time. And it was a big deal at the church that uh, that troublemaker, Chris, um, who had come drunk and high on more than one occasion, uh, gave his life to the Lord. But that's my story of my conversion experience. But that's what God wants to do in us when we say yes to Jesus the first time. He wants to become our Savior. He wants to take on the things that we're dealing with in our life for us. It's going to look different for everybody. Your, your story is not the same as mine. But one thing is common. We all start by saying yes to Jesus as our Savior. But there's more to it than that. It's not a one and done thing. So when we say, say yes to Jesus, we're also referring to saying yes to Jesus each and every day. It's something we have to choose to do each and every day because not only do we say yes to Jesus as our Savior, but we say yes to Jesus as our Lord of our lives. And there's a difference between simply accepting Jesus as Savior and accepting Him as Lord and Savior. See, as He's our Savior, He saves us from our sins, but to make Him Lord is to give our whole entire life to Him and acknowledge everything is yours, God. You are Lord of my life. That's what it is to say yes to Jesus. And I really want to dig into this more today because, as I said earlier, the most important thing we can do the best decision we can ever make in any time of life, regardless of what the calendar says, regardless of what year it is, is to say yes to Jesus. 
So I want to dig into that a little bit. It's an intentional thing that we can and should be doing. And to unpack this today, we're going to spend time in a passage of Scripture that beautifully describes Jesus. If you have your Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter 1. It's a beautiful passage describing Jesus, the one whom we say yes to. And I think what happens, if we have a better understanding of who it is we're saying yes to, then we'll become more open to what Jesus wants to do in us and through us when we say yes to him. A little background, though, before we read the passage of Scripture. Paul wrote this uh, letter to the Christians in a city called Colossae. And uh, what had he, had, he was in prison when he wrote this letter, and he had heard through people visiting him and people sending him some correspondence that there was some false teaching happening within the congregations of these churches in this city. And some believers were being led astray. And one particular teaching was from a group of, of people who said, you can know everything there is to know about God simply from the world. You don't need to know Jesus in order to know everything there is to know about God. And, and, and so stop with the whole Jesus business. And so Paul wrote this letter to this church or to these believers here with the goal of affirming without any doubt once and for all that Jesus was in fact Lord. Jesus is Lord. And that's what we have described to us in this letter is Jesus as Lord and what that means. It's a beautifully written biography that just reveals the importance to us. If Jesus is Lord, how much more important is it us then for us to say yes to him? And what amazing things he'll do for us and through us and in us when we say yes to him. So Colossians 1 verses 15 through 23 is where we're going to be this morning. I want to invite us to bow our heads and close our eyes and go to God in prayer before the reading of his word this morning. Let us pray. Lord God Almighty, we thank you so much for this day that you've brought us into. Thank you for bringing us into your house. God, thank you for those watching online. You are present with them as well. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for making it available to us, and we thank you that through the truth of your word, God, we can grow closer to you, learn more about you, learn more about who you want us to be. And so we surrender this time to you, Lord, and pray this in your name. Amen. Colossians 1, 15 through 23. says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, steadfast, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister." So again, we have this amazing uh, teaching about Jesus, and there's too much in here for me to cover today. It's so many rich and, and just deep things shared about Jesus. I can't cover it all, but what I'm going to do is pull out some highlights that describe who Jesus is, and, to, and we're going to look at what it means for us when we say yes to Him, not just for the first time, but each and every single day. 
So the first thing about Jesus here is when we say yes to the one who has existed before creation and is the source of all creation. Both of those things about Jesus are important to understand. He existed before creation and he is the source of all creation. Listen to these terms that Paul uses to describe Jesus in this passage. He says he's the image of the invisible God, firstborn of all creation, firstborn from the dead. He is the beginning, preeminent. Paul says all things were created by him, through him, and for him. And Paul says he is before all things. Jesus himself declared in in Revelation that he is the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last, the one who is, who was, and who is yet to come. And it's as the image of the invisible God, it's as the the one who is the firstborn of all creation and firstborn of the dead and preeminent, it's because of that that Jesus can say, if you've seen me, you've seen God, and no one gets to God, no one comes to the Father except through me. This is who Jesus is. Now we're going to break this down just a little bit more. When we say yes to Jesus, we are saying yes to the creator of all things. Let that sink in a little bit. Our minds can't fully comprehend that. But Jesus is the creator of everything that's in existence. And we get to say yes to him. He invites us to say yes to him. Think about that for a second. The creator wants us to say yes to him. The creator's waiting for us to say yes to him. That's amazing. That's amazing. And then we're saying yes to the one who has existed before and through all things. He's existed before and through all things. We'll unpack that in a minute. What does this all mean for us, though? Who better to entrust our lives to than to the one who has created everything? (laughs) Who better to entrust your lives to than the one who created you, than the one who created everyone around you, than the one who created the world you live in? Who better to entrust your life to and say yes to than that? There is no better Lord of our life than the creator of all life. And then who better to entrust our lives to than the one who has been through all things, endured all things, overcome all things? See, we see Jesus as Lord, but we know that that Jesus was was also born as a a man. He he arrived here and lived fully human among us for 33 some odd years. And it was through that experience that Jesus endured everything that a person endures. But so much more, so much more. Jesus suffered so much for us. So when we're going through life and we're wondering how can we get through what we're going through, or we say things like, this year's got to be better than last year. I can't handle what any more like what I went through last year. We look to Jesus as the one who's endured all that already and is familiar with it. No matter how much suffering we've endured, it doesn't compare to the amount of suffering that Jesus endured for us. That's what it means for him to have been through all things and and before all things. He endured all those things. Who better to say yes than to the one in power to overcome as well? Listen to what Paul says in Romans 8, 35 through 37. It says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, Paul says. He says, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. As the one who was before all things and creator of all things, Jesus was empowered to endure and overcome all things during his time on earth. And when we say yes to him, guess what? We share in that same power. 
In fact, Paul says elsewhere in Romans, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that resides in us when we say yes to Jesus. So when we say yes to Him, we're saying yes to Savior and Lord who is creator of all things and has existed before and through and after all things. And then Paul shares this detail about Jesus. He says Jesus holds all things together. So when we say yes to Jesus, we're saying yes to the one who holds all things together. Again, I don't know if our minds can fully appreciate that or comprehend that or wrap ourselves around that reality. But we've already touched on the fact that Jesus has existed before all things. And here Paul affirms the fact that Jesus created all things and holds all those things together. I shared that it was in early December. I was reflecting on all this and praying about this and uh, praying over this passage. And I reflected on back on my life. And there was, I've seen, I can just look back and see scenario after scenario where God held me together. But one, for some reason, I don't know why, came to the surface of my thoughts and I was just overwhelmed with gratitude to God. It, it, it occurred about 12 years ago. And in the span of, of less than a month, my wife lost her job. Her and I were doing a part-time job on the side together, earn a little extra income, and that, uh, the, that job got cut in half. And then the company I was working for at the time gave everyone a 10% pay cut. So in the span of less than a month, we lost almost 50% of our income. And it was devastating. But I remember sitting at the dining table with my wife and just praying and just feeling this, this peace and assurance that God's going to get us through this. God will get us through this. And you know, it was a hard season in our life, but God sustained us and got us through. He held us together. And as I look back on that moment, I, I got to think, what would that have been like if I did not have God in my life? With that? I can't imagine going, having gone through an experience like that without having Jesus holding us together. No matter what you go through in life, no matter what you might face in your life, it is always going to be better going through it saying yes to Jesus because Jesus holds all things together. Have you ever felt like your life is falling apart? Have you ever felt like everything around you is just, is just being ripped apart at the seams? Maybe you're going through that right now. Maybe that's the season you're in right now. Say yes to Jesus. He's the one that holds all things together, including you. He will hold you together through it. It may seem hard. It's going to seem difficult, but he will hold you together. I love this quote from the theologian named John Gill. He says, The whole frame of nature would burst asunder and break in pieces was it not held together by Jesus? And listen to what Paul writes in Romans 8, 38 through 39. He says, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus holds everything together. When we say yes to Him, He holds us together and He holds us to Him through everything that we go through in life. So when we say yes to Jesus as Savior and Lord, we're saying yes to the creator of all things. We're saying yes to the one who's existed before all things and through all things and after all things. We're saying yes to the one who holds all things together. And the last detail I want to pull from this passage of Scripture is that we are saying yes to the head of the church. Jesus said that, or John, Paul said that Jesus is the head of the body, the church. 
And we know that the church is, is the body of Christ, and the body of Christ are the believers that make up the universal church. So we are the church. We are the church. It's important to recognize that Jesus is the head of the church. He ordained the church. He commissioned the church. He directs the church. He guides the church. And the church is called to carry on the work of Jesus. The church is called to carry on the work of Jesus. So when we say yes to Jesus, we become part of God's church. What does this mean for us? This is huge. This is huge because when we say yes to Jesus, guess what? We become part of God's family. We're adopted into this family. And that's an amazing reality to consider. I love what Craig says that he jokes about. He says, hey, you accept Jesus Christ, guess what? You got him as a brother. I work for him. I have him as a brother every day. But, you know, it's good and bad. Anyway, he's not here. I wish he was here. So I can pick on him a little bit, but he's not here today. But look around you. You got brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, have you ever felt lonely in life? Have you ever felt alone? Have you ever felt like you're going through something all by yourself? When you say yes to Jesus, you are adopted into God's family, and that is never true. You never go through anything alone, or at least you don't have to. You don't have to. When we say yes to Jesus, we are adopted into God's family. We're never alone, we're never abandoned, and we're never forsaken. And then when we say yes to Jesus, we are given this amazing purpose. We are given this amazing purpose. Have you ever felt like you want to be part of something bigger than you or some part of something special, part of something with meaning, part of something that can make a difference in the world or change lives? It's God's church. It's God's church that will do it. Jesus is the hope of the world. And while we wait for Jesus, he, is, he has commissioned the church to carry on his work. So what does that mean? It means that the church is the hope of the world. The church is the hope of the world. We can look on the news, we can look around, and, and what do we say? Oh, things are just so bad. Things are just so bad. What's going to change it? The church. In fact, Jesus said, guess what? The church are going to assault the very gates of hell. This church that we get to be a part of when we say yes to Jesus is this movement of change and power that can make a difference in people's lives. That first church that I said yes to Jesus at, also became the first church that I ever served in ministry at. And I was blessed by this church uh, down in Maryland. They gave me the opportunity to start serving in ministry just only about three months after I first said yes to Jesus. And I was a mess when I said yes to Jesus. I was an absolute mess. I was in a dark place. I had hit rock bottom. But they journeyed alongside me, and after three months, they gave me this opportunity to serve in the youth ministry on Friday nights. This was a big youth ministry, like hundreds of kids on Friday nights. And they put me in a position of security. It was a position that didn't exist before. They, they gave me this position of being security at this large event because they'd had some, some, some problems. And, and I was kind of a jerk back then. I was a confrontational guy. I always looked for fights. And, and I, that's, that's how I was. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big soft teddy bear compared to what I used to be. But they gave me this position to be security. I loved it. I loved it. I got to share the love of God by putting the fear of God into these into these junior high and high schoolers. I remember catching kids smoking or catching kids making out and being like, quit messing around and get inside. God loves you. You know, it was so good. I had so much fun. But it was during this time that I was given the opportunity to serve. It was about, uh, in that period, I met a, a young man named Sean. 
And Sean, he was, he was struggling with drugs and depression, two things that I was very familiar with. Two things I was very familiar with. And, and we got to spend some time together these Friday nights, and I would pray with them, and I would listen to them. And about six months after I first said yes to Jesus, I got to sit next to Sean while he prayed and said yes to Jesus for the first time himself. And I got to see his life change because of him saying yes to Jesus. That's when we say yes to Jesus, we get to be part of this amazing, amazing purpose of leading people to Jesus who will change lives. That's what we get to do when we say yes to him. I'm standing here today because it was serving in that church that I discovered my call to ministry. I'm here today because I was given that opportunity and that family there in Maryland to serve. If you're wondering how can you make the world a better place or change the lives of those around you, you are here for a reason. God wants to use you here. He wants to use you here. Peter, I love what he, how he describes us as, 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 as the body of Christ. He writes in 1 Peter 2.9, he says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. When we say yes to Jesus, we become part of God's family and we get to enjoy the privilege and responsibility of proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ who brings light to darkness in a world that desperately needs that light. That's who we say yes to. Now, in this passage of Scripture, Paul has been describing Jesus, and we can derive from some of those descriptions some of the things that happen to us or, or, or could happen to us when we say yes to him. But Paul also does give, give some very specific uh, descriptions of things that Jesus says he wants to do in us or has done in us when we say yes to him. The first thing he says, he says, Jesus wants to reconcile us to God. When we say yes to Jesus the first time, we are reconciled to God. Here's, here's what that means. God and sin cannot coexist, all right? Sin cannot exist in God's presence. God is too holy for sin. God, in fact, he's so holy, he consumes sin. And so sin in us separated us from God. But what Jesus did, Jesus said, I want to take on your sin onto myself so that you can be in God's presence. So when we say yes to Jesus the first time, Jesus takes on our sin so that we can be in God's presence. Saying yes to Jesus that first time literally ushers us into God's presence. But then Paul goes on to say that here's, here's something else Jesus wants to do. Jesus said he wants to present us holy and blameless and above reproach to God. He wants to reconcile us to God and then present us holy and blameless and above reproach to God. See, God was very intentional about how he created us and who he created us to be. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, the psalm says. We are knitted together in our mother's womb by God with this amazing intention and purpose so that we can live created in his image the fullest life possible. But sin disrupted that. That's what sin does. It disrupts, it derails, it destroys, it taints, it it, it serves as a barrier and a separation. But enter Jesus. And when we say yes in the first time, again, we're, that separation is closed. But when we continually say yes to him every day, guess what he's doing? He's transforming us, reshaping us so that he can present us blameless, holy, and above reproach 
in God's sight. When we say yes to Jesus every day, we are being recreated by the one who created all things so that we can enter into God's presence every day and live the life he created us to live. This is incomparable to anything else we could ever experience in life. We cannot attain anything on our own that even remotely comes close to this. Saying yes to Jesus is just billions and billions and billions of times better than saying yes to anything else. And it's this, it's this process of saying yes to him that we experience transformation. God's word declares that Jesus is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. That's the kind of work Jesus wants to do on us when we say yes to him. Now, I want to be clear here and not give any sort of false uh, witness here or anything like that. Saying yes to Jesus the first time is not going to make your life instantly better. It's not going to be like, boom, done, over, great, all things are good, and I can go on. Saying yes to Jesus every day is not going to make all of our problems go away either. It's going to help us endure those problems. But saying yes to Jesus is the most important thing we can do. Because in that, we are, we, we, when we say yes the first time, we open ourselves to the renewing of Jesus Christ and then saying yes to Him every day, we open us to our, ourselves up to the continual, ongoing renewal that Jesus wants to do in us. That day, that first day, that Wednesday night, uh, I don't know how long ago now it was, uh, that I first said yes to Jesus, a couple things did instantly change for me. And I look back on this, and I know it's nothing short of a miracle. God delivered me from some things right away. All right? when I, like I said, when I, when I said to Jesus, I was a mess. I was a heavy drinker. I was heavily into drugs, and I was heavily into pornography. And that night I said yes to Jesus. I've never done drugs ever since that night. God delivered me instantly from that. I, 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 that night, I no longer wanted it. I, I didn't crave it anymore. I had no desire for it anymore. In fact, that friend Matt I mentioned, afterwards he and I went back to my house. I got all my, I'm not going to go into details, all my drug stuff, and I threw it in a trash bag. That same night, God delivered me from pornography. I had no desire for pornography anymore. I didn't want to look at it. I didn't want to be part of it anymore. So this was so long ago, it was VHS tapes. I threw those in that trash bag. All right. And I went to a creek behind my house with my friend Matt, and I chucked that trash bag in the creek. I shouldn't have done that. Looking back on that, that was not smart. But I was young and dumb. I was saved, but I was still young and dumb. And I threw a bag of, of trash and drug stuff into a creek. Anyway, God delivered me from that stuff right away. I've never gone back to that. Never. I've never wanted to. Another thing happened. Cussing. It was, just, it was just a part of my vocabulary. I didn't try to cuss. It was just the way I spoke. But that night, after that night, I didn't cuss anymore. And here's the thing. I didn't have to try to not cuss. I didn't have to make an effort not to cuss. I simply did not cuss anymore. It may sound like a minor thing, but like to just have that disappear from my vocabulary was a miracle. Now, it took seven, over seven years for me to give up drinking. I struggled for over seven more years after that night of saying yes to Jesus with drinking. But here's what happened. July 6, 2007 is the last time I had a sip of alcohol. And I, I haven't wanted it since then. What I did, though, is I kept saying yes to Jesus. But there were times where I would say no to Jesus. Right? Here's the thing. When we're not saying yes to Jesus, 
we're most assuredly almost all the time saying no or saying yes to something that's going to pull us away from Jesus. Now, that's, this is my story. This is my testimony. I'm not, if you're struggling with drinking, I'm not saying all you got to do is say yes to Jesus. It's going to go away. No, 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 no. It was a seven-year process of renewing, of, of recreating, of rebuilding, of transforming within me. But I would not have been able to stop had I not been saying yes to Jesus. The best thing we can do in life, the most important thing we can do in life is say yes to Jesus. Not just once. We got to say yes the first time, but then we got to keep saying yes every single day. And Paul makes that very clear to us in this passage of scripture. Listen to what he says. He says, Jesus wants to reconcile us to God and he wants to present us holy and blameless and above reproach to God. He said, Paul says this, if indeed we continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard. What does that mean for us? It means we must choose to say yes to Jesus every single day. We must choose to say yes to Jesus every single day. It can be so easy to shift from the hope of the gospel because the world assaults us with countless alternatives. The world bombards us with opportunities to say no to Jesus and say yes to other things that are just going to pull us away from Jesus. But hopefully, what we've learned from this passage of Scripture, what we can learn from this passage of Scripture is that saying yes to Jesus is the best thing we can do. We say yes to the creator of the world, the one who has existed in and through and before and after all things, the one who holds all things together, and the one who wants to give us this amazing purpose in life as part of God's family. So what's next? Well, if you're sitting here, you're watching online, and you've not said yes to Jesus for the first time, all I want to say is don't wait anymore. You don't have to get right first. You don't have to change first. You don't have to stop doing things first or start doing certain things first. Jesus is waiting for you to say yes to him. That's all you have to do is say yes to him. We always ask that you let us know because we want to go on this journey with you. We want to help you navigate that saying yes to him and what that new life looks like. But if you haven't done that yet, say yes to Jesus. And then... If you already have, recognize the importance of saying yes to Jesus every single day. And I want to close by saying this. All of this, it's hard, right? All these things are easier said than done, but it's a lot easier to say yes to Jesus every single day when we're journeying with others who will encourage us, who will watch out for us, who will hold us accountable, who call us out when we're saying no instead of yes. And it's easier for us to say yes to Jesus when we're journeying alongside others that we can be an influence in their lives. Because if we're going to talk to someone about saying yes to Jesus, we better make sure we're saying yes to Jesus ourselves. Getting up here is a gut check for me. Because I, I have to be praying, God, I'm going, to, I'm going to get up there and say this, what you want me to say. Am I doing this? Am I living this out? Show me the ways I'm not living this out. Journeying with others, it's a great way to help us grow and say yes to Jesus. So, when you leave here today, there's a table right outside the ministry center. There's going to be a couple people there that want to talk to you about one-to-one -one discipleship. A couple people that want to talk to you about connecting with a person that, that you can journey with. Either you discipling them or they discipling you. Either way, you're going to be working in each other's lives together. That's what God wants. And what Satan, what the enemy wants is for you to not have that. Because <laughs> then it's much easier for you to say no. So as you leave here, consider stopping at that table. Talk to Vince. He's right there. Vince, give a wave. 
Vince is one of our disciple makers in our one-to-one discipleship ministry. And then Melissa, she's right here getting ready to sing. She'll be at that table. So you can talk to me about it also. If you're online, we have information on the website about you. Let us know online. We will get in touch with you about one-to-one discipleship. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for all that you've done for us, Lord. You literally moved heaven and hell. You literally moved heaven and earth. You brought us heaven and earth together to to have us, to give us the opportunity to say yes to Jesus, Lord, creator, the one who holds all things together. Pray for those who haven't said yes to you yet, that today would be the day they do that, that they would receive you into their hearts as Savior. And Lord, by the power of your indwelling Holy Spirit, help all of us to say yes to you as Lord of our lives. We recognize as we're about to sing in this song, there is no name like Jesus' name. There is no rival to Jesus. Nothing this world offers is better than Jesus. So we give our lives to you, Lord. We pray this in your name.